0: Thank you for listening to this message from Tree of Life Church. Our prayer is that it will be a blessing to you and that you will find it helpful for life. So open up your heart to receive God's word for you. So go ahead and get your Bibles out. Turn to Exodus 6 for me. Our foundational scripture for the series We're going to wrap it up. And I I love the song that they did so wonderfully that God's promises are for me and they're for you. And I want you to know that God has many promises in the Bible, hundreds of them, and they're all for you. They're not just for a select group of people. They're not just for really holy or religious people. Have you want to say that? Smart people, educated people, poor people, desperate people. They're for anyone that would dare to believe God and take Him at His word. And we've been studying that in this this series. We have entitled it "He Promise. We've been looking at four core promises. There's hundreds of them, but there's four core promises that uh, we believe that really is is why we exist as a church. Just to be quite honest with you. And so we've been studying that all the way back to Easter Sunday, because that's kind of where we found those promises in the Scripture. The, the Passover was immediately after God had expressed those promises, and why that is significant is because what Jesus did through the Passover, and, and the Bible says He's our Passover Lamb. What He did empowered us to walk in the promises of God. It's through the work of Jesus that we can walk out and hold on to these promises that God always intended for mankind. He, he intended it for everyone that would draw breath on this planet, but. Sadly, not everybody locks into those promises because it requires Jesus, and so I want to share the last one with you this morning, but I want to encourage you that the way these are possible is your relationship with Jesus, so keep pressing in to Jesus. You need to know these promises because you need to pursue these promises, and so uh, in this world that we live in today, it's the good, good news is we have a sure thing. In the promises of God through the work of Jesus Christ. Now, setting up these promises, Moses was actually the one who came to tell the people of God what God had promised. And if you'll remember the story, he had an encounter with God in the burning bush out in the wilderness. And so that got his attention as it would ours. And wouldn't it, wouldn't it be great if God spoke to us that way? I mean, was, we wouldn't run out of trees because the tree didn't actually burn, but then we wouldn't miss God where we, we think we wouldn't. We would probably walk away and then our spouse would say, What'd he say? I'm not really sure, but I think it was really this, and I don't know, maybe something gets lost in translation, but Moses delivers God's promises to his people as he walks back down, and interestingly enough, he's arguing with God a little bit, not arguing, maybe questioning, and I know that I'm the guy to do this, God, and I'm really not a good speaker, and I don't know if they're going to listen to me. Who should I say sent me? And he says, tell me I am sent me, and it's funny that we, funny, I think it was the Lord leading our Cody, our director there, that Yahweh, that's basically what he said, tell him Yahweh. Tell me the I am. the one who was, is and forever will be. There is no greater backing, no greater authority behind a promise than the I am. Amen. And it's the same I am that backs those promises 3,500 years ago for you and I. He's still the I am. So Moses delivers that message. Here's what he tells them in Exodus six. He says this starting at verse six. Therefore, say to the Israelites, I am the Lord and I will bring, first promise, I will bring you out from under the yoke of the Egyptians. I'll bring you out of slavery. I'll bring you out of of bondage. I will, meaning I promise to do that. I will do that. You got to work with me, but I will bring you out of your current condition. Basically, he says this, I will save you from your current condition. Now, that's a free gift from God man cannot save himself. You realize that, right? It's a free gift from God. It's only by the grace of God. And then he says this, I will free you. Here's his promise again. I will, I will free you from being slaves to them. Now it sounds like the same thing, a little redundant, but understand he brought them out of their current condition. He saved them. And then he brought them out of Egypt. Then he needs to get Egypt out of them. (laughs) And we're glad that God brought us out of this world. We're not in and of this world anymore. We belong to him. But now, after that moment of salvation, then we're trying to get, or he's working with us to get the world out of us. You realize that once you got saved, you still needed some work. <laughs> now because salvation was a free gift, you didn't have to earn it or work to get it. He took you just as you are, thankful for that. But then when that partnership happens through salvation, then he works with you to help get the world out of you. And that is happens, as we said in and, and last week, uh, through the context of relationships. And that's important because it helps us build our spirit man relationships will help keep our spirit man strong and if our spirit man is strong it dominates our soul and our body which has the uh propensity to sin it wants to do that but your spirit man wants to follow god so we need people around us associations around us that will help us continue to build our spirit man amen so it helps us walk free of the bondages and things of this world and then he goes on to say this um let's back up i need to get that third promise in I will free you from being slaves to them, and I will redeem you. I promise to redeem you. Redeem means to restore you to your original intent. God always had a plan for you, even before you were born. God had a plan for you, and that never changes. You realize that no matter what you've done on the planet, what you get involved in, how bad you may think you are or how far you've run from God, it doesn't change the plan he has for your life. He's got something great for you, and he created you for something great. And so it says, I'll restore you. I promise to restore you back to your original intent. And for you and I to find our original intent, we need to connect greater with the creator. To find out what we were created to do means we need to build our relationship with the creator. So that was last week, and then we're going to, and it talks with an outstretched arm and with mighty acts of judgment. We explained all that. Let's go on. Here's our promise for today. I will, there's the promise, take you as my own people. This is the one promise that he didn't say, he says, I'll take you, but, but now he's putting us in a group. This is as my own people. And everything up to that point was about you, you, you. Now this is about you getting in with a group of people. I promise to make you a people. I promise to make you a family. I promise to make you a tribe. I I promise to have a place for you. I I promise to have a church for you. I promise to have a team for you. A place where you can work with other people for the greater good. And what that promise does, it brings you a sense of fulfillment. That's what we're going to talk about today. And then it goes on to say this I will be your God. So understand this is packaged together in this promise. I will take you as my own people and, packaging it with that previous statement, I'll take you as my own people, putting you as a group, and I'll be your God. I'll work with you. We're getting into partnership. You're getting put in a family, and then that family together, we're partnering to change the world. And then he says this, then, and we'll say it this way, then and only then, you will know that I am the Lord your God, experiencing Him to the fullest. So, these promises are, are, are powerful. 3,500 years ago, God made the promise, which is still powerful today, and for you and I. And I love that about God always keeping his promise. So, so the, the thing about it is, um, many of us don't walk in all of those. In, in this last one, we're going to talk about some of the whys. But let me start today's message with this statement. God always intended, now listen, God always intended for you to live a life of fulfillment. He always intended for you to live a life of fulfillment. That has been his plan from the beginning of time. But many people have settled for much less than God's fullness or God's fulfillment. And, and many people, I think, try and live a life just trying to get by almost. I think sometimes we li- we're trying to live a life just not to have a lot of bad in our life. Let's avoid the bad. It's not even trying about maybe trying to do good or, or living life to the full. It's just not living life to the bad. And I think that we fall into this trap instead of striving for what God always intended for you and I, we just, we sometimes settle for it and it's like, well, it could be worse. Come on. I'm not the only one that thinks that way sometimes. And we, 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 we compromise or we settle for some things because, well, it couldn't be, it could be worse. It's it's not so bad when well, that's what we're totally missing out on the fullness of life that God intended for you and I. And he made a way for that to happen. And he wants us to live life to the full. So don't settle for less than what God has for you. And listen, here at Tree of Life, that's our mission. We want you to walk in the fullness of life, the fullness that God has for you. In fact, just the the name Tree of Life, we are a tree of life. And I wanna say it this way, we're we're a tree of the fullness of God's life. We're a tree of life to the full. We pray for you, We, we create environments for you to live life to the full, not just to get by. Understand we're a tree of life, we're not the tree of just getting by. We're not the tree of survival, (laughs) we're not the tree of existing, we are not definitely the tree of death. I don't care what some people say that have been mad and offended, we're not that. We are the tree of life, and our mission is to be that people God said He'll bring together to experience life to the full. And let me say this, life will never be experienced to the fullness as God intended by yourself. That's why he made the promise the way he made it. And let me say this in light of the video that we just showed, listen. Hey, some of you are not living full life because you're not serving somewhere with a group of people God set you with to do something greater than your individual selves. Now this might be, you're just making a pitch to get, fill some holes. No, I'm not. I'm really trying to get you to live life to the full because we have, we have operated with holes and we'll continue to if we need to. It really is for you to experience life as God intended to the fullness because when you get in with a group of people, which God promised, I'll bring it to a group of people, then that partnership and I'll be your God, then there's nothing we can't accomplish with others and with God working together. And that in of itself leads us to experiencing the fullness of life or life as God always intended. In fact, John 10, 10, and I love the Living Bible Translation, John 10, 10 says this, the thief's purpose, because he has a purpose for your life, he has a plan for your life, the thief or the devil's purpose is to steal, kill, and destroy, but my purpose as Jesus is to give life in all its what? Fullness, not just to get by. The devil has a plan and purpose for your life, and it's to steal, kill, and destroy, or for you to live life less than full, But Jesus came so you could live life and experience the fullness of life. I will bring you into people and I will be your God. Experiencing life to the full. The devil wants to steal your dreams, your relationships, your potential, uh, everything around you. So you'll crawl into heaven barely surviving. You realize that you can have the fullness of life here. Because some people think the fullness of life comes in heaven. But I would differ with that. I think the fullness of life is possible here on the earth. Why? Because God promised it. And we're not meant just to crawl into heaven one day, whew, I made it, barely made it. That's not what God intended. We can live life to the full on the earth. And in doing it the way God intended, not only will we experience fullness of life, but we will help others experience the fullness of life, which is what that fourth promise really is all about. And so it's amazing to understand what God has has set in motion for you when I... And the promise is life in its full. God wants to live, uh, for you to live a life in all its fullness. The question is, why don't we? Let me give you three things that I believe why we are settling for less. And really, the fourth promise takes care of these things. Number one, we're settling for less because we let the past cripple us. We let the past cripple us. We let the past determine our future. And so we've had sin. We've all sinned. We're all sinners. We all need a Savior. And so Jesus came to cleanse us and wash away those sins, give us a new start, a new life. And we've been forgiven of those sins, but we have a devil continually reminding us of our past. You realize the old things are passed away, all things become new, new slate, new creature in Christ. But the devil wants to continually remind you of the old man, of the past. And so we go through life looking behind us instead of in front of us, and are driving by looking in the rearview mirror instead of keeping our eyes on the road. We're looking at the past instead of the future. And most of us still feel defined by our mistakes. I mean, that's, that's the struggle. That's why those promises are so important. He saves you, and then he frees you. Most of us are still living dominated by our soulish man or our body. But we need to work on the freedom that comes from building our spirit man and staying free from the mistakes of the past. But we're, a lot of us feel defined by our mistakes, and we attach ourselves to the past instead of looking ahead to the future. And that's not God's best for you. You know, every time before I walk up here, and I struggle with some of that myself, every time before I come and take this stage, the devil's telling me that you're not, you can't do that. You're not good enough. You're not a good speaker. I mean, you talk too fast, and I do. You get tongue-tied and forget where you're going. I do. And you make up words, and I do. (laughs) (laughs) That's true. He's true. I mean, he's not lying to me right there. (laughs) But I didn't call me. I didn't call me. Amen? God called you. God called me to something amazing, greater than ourselves greater than ourselves, and he's called you free from the past, free from our inabilities. I'm not here because of my abilities, but because God chose to put his power and presence in my life. Same with you. So detach yourself from the past. Don't let it cripple you. He's chosen you for amazing things as well. Don't let your past stop you from God's best. Psalms 38, let's take a look. Verse four and six, my guilt has overwhelmed me like a burden too heavy to bear. I am bowed down and brought very low. The devil wants to keep you low. He wants to keep you bowed down. But God wants to pull you up and pick you up. And you can see that in order to walk in the fullness of this promise, you need to be walking in the other three. So number two, thing that holds us back, we let culture define us. We have a tendency to do that. Culture has a big and greater influence on our life all the time. We're trying to not let culture permeate, the world's culture permeate us. Well, let culture define us. So we're walking out a plan, but it's not God's. God has a plan. The devil has a plan. He realize the world has a plan. And, and most of us know when we're not walking out God's plans. Let's just be quite honest this morning. If I was to ask you if you're living out God's plan for your life, most of us would probably say no, or not as I should, or not the way that I know I'm supposed to. And see, we are either living what the devil has planned and constantly following to his traps and destruction. Or we're living what we think is good or a good one and we thought would make us happy. Why? Because culture on the world looks like it's happy, but it's not really. But it looks attractive, does it not? I mean, it looks fun, people doing these things and living this way. But it wasn't God, it was the world. And there's a counterfeit that the world and culture provides. And it's trying to define us. It's trying to redefine us, if you will. So we, we climb the ladder. We, we do things in life that the world does that looks like it's fun or fulfilling. We, we pursue things like fame and career and making money and recognition. And we get to the top only to find out that it really wasn't God what, or what we thought it would be. Now, God wants you to have those things. Don't get me wrong. He wants you to enjoy those things, but he doesn't want those things to have you. Because those things can steer you off the plan for his life as much as anything else. And sometimes it's not even the devil. It's just culture or the world looking good, which is what the world does. But the world is never fulfilling. The only thing that can fulfill or satisfy are the plans and purposes of God doing what he's called and created you to do. That's the only thing. You can enjoy those other things, but they'll never satisfy you. And we respond to pressure and the lure of the culture, and it tries to redefine us. Now, understand the devil is trying to redefine us. He's trying to redefine marriage. Come on. He's trying to redefine family. He's trying to redefine relationships. He's trying to redefine sex. He's trying to redefine morality. He's trying to redefine gender. Do you agree? It's true. So culture has a plan for our life. It's not always God's plan. And it's not fulfilling and satisfying. And so the devil's trying to create so much confusion that you never find God's plan for your life. You thought it was, but then culture comes in and tries to redefine things in your life, and if you're not careful or on target with what God has, then you miss some things and you get confused. Galatians 1.10 says this, am I now trying to win the approval of human beings or of God? Or am I trying to please people? If we're still trying to please people, I would not be a servant of Christ. And actually, you find out God's plan is contrary to the world. Certainly the devil, but the world's plan usually. And the last one that keeps us from fulfilling what God has for us, being satisfied, is this. We try to do it all alone. We try to do it all alone. And and here's the question, why would we try to do it all alone? Why would we even do that or even think that? And here's the answer, I believe, because we tried it with people and they're a pain. right? Come on. They hurt us. We're mad at them and offended. And it's just easier if I just don't do it with anybody and do it by myself, just me and Jesus. Listen, that's not the word. That's not the word. It's not how he created it. The devil's trying to mess you up. He's trying to mess you up through relationships. So you'll never trust anybody. So you'll live your life alone and never be fulfilled. Now listen, we know that the devil's after marriages, but there's a bigger picture here. Now we understand so goes the marriage, so goes the family, but understand this. So goes the marriage, so goes your relationships in general. So goes your trust in general. I'm not going to trust anybody ever again. I'm not going to put myself out there like that. And I'm not trying to belittle the pain because it's real. I understand that. Thank goodness Jesus came to help you navigate through that. Amen? But the enemy's plan is bigger than that. He's trying to get you to do life alone. Because then he'll keep you from fulfilling all the things that God has for you. See, so he wants to make you suspicious, paranoid, fearful of relationships. Wants you've guarded and untrusting It's better if i just do this by myself well it's not it's not at all you can never be fulfilled by yourself and that's how god designed it ecclesiastes 4 8 there was a man all alone he had neither son nor brother there was no end to his toil yet his eyes were not content with his wealth didn't matter how much money he had what mattered was he was alone Therefore, there was no contentment, no satisfaction, no fulfillment in life. Didn't matter all the stuff that you can have. You'll never fulfill what God has all by yourself. So promise four solves all that. The promise of fulfillment solves all of that. Let's look at the promise again, Exodus 6-7. Let's go back to the promise. I'll take you as my own people and I will be your God. If you're going to live a fulfilled life, then you finding a family, you finding a church... You finding a community of believers, you finding a team, you finding a place is extremely important. You have to get connected. You have to get connected to the other parts of the body. You realize, and I didn't go there in this message, but you know, we're all created individually and unique. Some are the hand, some are the foot, some are the eye, but the hand is no good unless it's attached to the arm. And the arm is no good unless it's attached to the shoulder. And the shoulder's no good unless it's attached to the body. Come on, I mean, that's easy. That's not deep revelation theology right there. That's just reality. And so we have to be connected. And this is his promise. You say, I'll get you a place, I'll lead you to a place to connect you. And that's what we believe. We believe that God has brought you here and not just to sit and come to church Not just to come on Sunday mornings, leave, but to serve, to be a part of something greater than ourselves. This is huge. But notice what happens. Notice in this promise what happens when you get connected. It says this, I'll be your God. God jumps in the middle of everything that you're doing with that group of people. You realize Tree Life is here today. We will celebrate in August, I think 34 years, because God got in the middle of a bunch of people getting together. Amen? (laughs) Nothing happens without God and others. That's why he designed it that way. And then it says, I will be your God. I'll be your God. He packages it together. It literally means that God steps into your life and partners with you to take what has been done through the first three promises. It's really sometimes doesn't it doesn't seem like those first three promises are really setting you up for this one. I mean, you need to be saved. That's the starting point, the most important thing for everybody. We get saved. We get brought out of our current condition. And then we're building our spirit man in relationship with other people, helping our spirit man be stronger than our soul and our body, which tries to pull us down. And then as we're doing that, then we're going back to our original purpose and being able to fulfill why we're even here on the planet. And then he puts people just like that with a group of people, with him in the middle of it. Nothing is impossible. God... Enables us that way as a family to do something that matters on this planet. He saved you, He freed you, He restored you so you can connect with others and Him to change the world around us. And now you're a part of something that God's involved in, and sin that you find fulfillment in life or you find its true meaning. You experience life to the full. And this isn't just the Bible story, it's in this you're a pastor, you have to say that. This is scientifically proven. In fact, sociologists and psychologists have discussed a hierarchy of needs. In 1943, Abraham Mavlov came up with a hierarchy of needs. It's been expanded on since then, but it was widely accepted and then built on. And the theory was that everyone does something based on the fact that they have needs and they act out to fulfill those needs. Everything we do is to act out to fulfill the needs that we have inside of us. They establish a hierarchy of needs. Let's take a look at them real quick. I'm not going to explain them all. They're self-explanatory for the most part. Physical needs, safety, love, esteem, cognitive, learning, aesthetic, beauty. And these last two then, self-actualization means this. It's a big word, but it means this. It means that we have something an innate need inside of us to live life to our fullest potential. If we're an athlete, we just inside of us want to be the best athlete we can. We strive for that. If we're, if we're academic, we want to be the best academic we can. If we're in business, there's something in us, a need in us that God placed inside of us that we want to be the best who we are we can be, who God's created us we can be. But then they discovered, and they taught those first ones forever, but then they discovered it wasn't all the needs, obviously, inside of human beings. They were seeing something that they really say was the greatest one, and they added this last one called transcendence. And transcendence means to live beyond ourselves. No longer are we just living to fulfill our potential. We want to take that another level and live beyond ourselves. People uh, have a need to take their potential to the next level. It's just the way we're wired, to leave a mark, to do something that changes lives. And really transcendent in the dictionary means this, living a life beyond yourself, to exceed usual limits. So even man recognized there's something, a high, the highest level inside of mankind that has a need to live beyond ourselves. Why is that? Because that's where we find the greatest fulfillment. Does that not sound how God created it? So man gets credit for it, but come on, God set that thing in order. That the highest level for you and I to live life is living life beyond ourselves, making a difference in the lives of other people. And God said it's done best in the context of groups, families, churches, teams, children's ministry, youth ministry, anything you want, inside church, outside church, it's best together. And we fulfill the highest need, even that he's put inside of us. You go beyond you. How would you go beyond you? God says, I'll take you and make you a people and I'll get involved. That's how you go beyond you. It's not you anymore. It's you being put in a people with God in the middle of it. And all of a sudden it goes to a whole nother level. Is that not true? So, God says, I have something for you that's beyond you. God says, I want to put you in a place with a group of people to do something eternal. And that's what really matters eternal things. That's changing lives, that's making a difference. And God says, I'll jump in the middle of that and I'll bless it. I'll pour out my spirit on it. I'll resource it. I'll protect it. I'll lead it. I'll guide it. I'll be all about it. And it only happens when you get with a group of people and make a difference for eternity. Again, those first three promises are great. But they're a process to get us to this promise, I believe. And now it begins this way. It begins with a calling. Now we already alluded to that earlier. It begins with a calling. And understand, every one of us has to realize we're all a part of this. All of us are a part of this. All of us have a calling. All of us are called to be a part of a family. God set it up that way. It's not just the preacher that has a call. (laughs) It's not just the preacher that has a call. I know, Pastor Don, but you're called to do this. I'm called to do this part, but you're called to do your part. And see, here's the thing I think is funny, and I hear this all the time, especially when it comes to preachers or pastors. And I've even said this before in my own life. I was running from the call, and God got me, right? I was running from the call, and he chased me down. I tried to stay away. I tried to get away. I tried and tried. After years, I finally just surrendered. Like, it's a bad thing on. you talk about the call of God on your life. That's an amazing thing. That's an awesome thing. We should be running to the call, not from the call. He shouldn't have to chase us down. We should be chasing him down. It doesn't get any better than that. You have a call and I have a call. And it might not be full-time ministry, but it's just as important and significant in the eyes of God. And that's why he takes all those calls and puts them together as we're greater together. And then he's in the middle of it. I love that. You have a call on your life. You know what everyone needs to start saying this way every day? You need to get up every morning and say, I'm called. I'm called to God. I'm not going to say, man, today's going to be a tough day, a horrible day. You you look in the mirror and say, you know what? I'm called of God. God's got something for me to do today. I'm called of God. I got a call of God on my life. What are you going to do with your life? I don't know, but I've got a call of God on my life. I'm going to figure it out. But I know this, I'm not going to do it by myself. I had a call of God on my life. 2 Timothy 1, 9, message paraphrase says it this way. Who first, God who first saved us and then called us. God who first saved us and then what? Come on, you gotta act like you have a calling. God who first saved us and then what? Come on, right. He called us to his holy word. We had nothing to do with it. It was all his idea, a gift prepared for us in Jesus, long before we knew anything about it, he called you long before you were even on the planet. He called us, and you start thinking to yourself this way, I'm called. You know, all our calling is to make a difference. Our calling is to make a difference. Your calling is to make a difference wherever you are. You're a difference maker. You're called to make a difference in everything that you do. See, people lose their way, and I want you to hear this. People lose their way when they lose their why. People lose their way when they lose their why. But well, they don't think that they're called. They don't know what they're here for. They're not with a group of people to help them stay on track, stay steady, move forward. People lose their way when they lose their why. You got to know why you're on the planet. Know why you're here and know that you're called of God. Number two, it stands on a cause... Our calling stands on a cause. In other words, you're not called to just play guitar. You're not called just to sing. You're not called just to speak. You're not called just to be a businessman or businesswoman. You're not called just to teach. You're not called just to protect. God has more for you than that. Those are great things. Do not get me wrong, but God has more for you than that, and that's to make an eternal difference. You have that to be put with people that have other things for a greater impact to make a greater difference in this world than we ever could by ourselves we're incomplete and unfulfilled individually but god completes us as he brings us as a people with him his partnership to do something greater than ourselves do you realize what we do and accomplish here is the sum of all of our callings come on no matter how good the preaching is, and it's awesome. No, I'm just no matter how good the individual call is, we're the sum of all our callings with God coming together. Amen. And so that there's a cause greater than ourselves, and that's eternity here, eternal things. We can impact. You realize together this church and my ties and offerings and serving and doing things. You realize we're changing lives all over the planet. We're changing lives. I don't remember how many salvations we had last year. We had over a thousand salvations last year. You realize if you are a part of that here, you, I don't know if you led one or two or or some people individually to the Lord, but realize that you're a part of the thousand plus salvations. You just don't get credit for maybe one or two in your neighborhood and you need to do that. But anytime you pray, serve, give, you're a part of something greater than that. You're changing lives all over the world for eternity. We come together to do that. We stand on a cause. God has more for us. Acts 20, 24, New Living Translation. But my life is worth nothing to me unless I use it for finishing the work assigned me by the Lord Jesus, the work of telling others the good news about the wonderful grace of God. What is my cause? It's telling others the good news about the wonderful grace of God, the free gift, the first promise. We're telling others about the first promise. you to use your job, you to use your money, your family, your talent, your brain, make an eternal difference enjoy them but God gave them to you to come together as a people in partnership with him using your calling the calling of of the collective group to make a difference you're called by God to do something that makes a difference and really at the end of the day the things that really matter are the things that last for eternity so ultimately what makes a difference people in heaven that's why we're here that's why this church exists people in heaven and finally, the final step is this. We need to go from me to we. Go from me to we. You cannot do it alone. God did not intend for you, He did not set it up that way. You can accomplish some, but you can't get God's best. You can't get life to the full or to the fullness. You find your people, you find your team, you find your place. And then you walk that out with God in your calling with others. You can't get God's best unless you're connected. That's why we have what we call here the all-star team. Anybody that serves, anybody that serves in whatever capacity, and we're really blessed by some great team members. You never, and listen to this, you never serve alone. You never serve alone. You're a team, you're on a team, you're on a group with a group of people. You serve on a team making a difference. Why? Ecclesiastes 4.9 two are better than one. That's why. I mean, we don't need to go any farther, but two are better than one. We will go farther because they have a good return for their labor. Your labor is not in vain. You produce more together. It's not one plus one is two. It's exponentially. Your power increases exponentially when you serve, when you get involved with a group of people. That's why it's important to get on that kids team for so many reasons, but you won't be fulfilled unless you're serving somewhere. And then your calling, connected with other callings, exponentially release a power. It has a multiplying effect. We exist as a church to make a difference, to do something that makes a difference with the people that God brings to us. Listen, let me say it this way. We want to build more family life centers. We want to build more kids clubs like the one at Morningside Elementary that we're involved in. We want to build more churches and campuses here and around the world. We want to build uh, more Bible schools like the one in in León, Mexico. We want to build and work with more orphanages like the two that we're working with in Mexico. We want to reach more unreached people groups. We want to reach more people. We want the gospel to go further and farther. We want to change lives in a greater capacity. We want more marriages to be impacted. We want more families to be saved. We want more people to be rescued. We want more kids to grow up in a loving, caring environment, knowing that Jesus loves them and has a great plan for their life. It does not happen alone. We want to change the world. I want to invite you out uh, Sunday, May 3rd. Message. Sunday, May 3rd, I'm going to talk about a new missions project, a new missions directive that God has put in my heart. We've been praying about it for some time. I want you to come on out. We're going to continue to change the world and and reach unreached, unreached people groups together and how you can be a part of that the message, is to be a tree of life. And let me close with this scripture, these two. John 15:8 and 11 says this, this is to my father's glory that you bear much fruit, showing yourselves to be my disciples. I have told you this so that my joy may be in you and that your joy may be complete. Hold on to that last scripture. Bear much fruit. Together we bear more fruit than we do by our individual selves. I don't know how much much is, but we can keep bearing more and more fruit together. Amen. The result of that is promise four. When we come together as a group, with our callings collectively, focusing on eternity, making a difference, making an impact, bearing much fruit. The Bible talks about the fruit that remains, which is eternity. We bear much fruit. It says this, then the result will be that my joy God's joy may be in you how many could use God's joy in your heart and your life amen that your joy may be full what does that mean that you can walk in a satisfied fulfilling life and it goes on to say this that our joy may be complete complete means to the fullest potential complete means to satisfied complete means to filled fulfilled life promise for happens in the context of you getting with that group of people and interacting in a way with your callings that makes a difference beyond our individual selves. When God comes in that partnership and we exponentially can increase his power and influence on the planet and we can bear the fruit that remains, which is eternal fruit, that soul's going to heaven. And then and only then will we find our fullness of joy, the completeness of joy in our heart and our lives given by God. I'm excited about all the promises, but this one really gets my heart stirred. But we have so much that we've been able to do because people have come together understanding this with their callings and and have gotten on board and served, but we can do so much more. I want you to see that promise four is what really brings them all together and changes this world so more people will know that there's a God in heaven that loves them. And you are significant in that plan. You are important here at Tree of Life. And we pray for you and we create environments for you, opportunities for you to be all that God has called you to be. But you'll never do it by yourself. God's promises when you connect, you get on a team, you get in a family, and you use your callings, your gifts, and your abilities, sky's the limit. Nothing is impossible. And we are going to leave his mark on this earth, being a tree of life to a lost and hurting world. Amen? Amen. Let's all stand to our feet. I love the promises of God. If you'll do his p- if you'll do your part, he always does his part. You can't do his part. He'll take care of it. Don't worry. But he's not going to do yours either. You have a free will. You determine that. I want to encourage you to continue to see what God would have you do here at Tree of Life and get involved. Use your gift. Use your calling. We need it. You need it to find God's fulfillment here. Now help us be a tree of life to this lost and hurting world. It may be stopping at that table out there, grabbing some sign-up cards, or cards rather just to get more information about the ministry. It may be another area. We'll get you plugged in. We'll get you, you may have to try several of them. That's okay. But find that place and use your calling for the greater good and see how God brings fulfillment and satisfaction to your life. You won't find it any other way. We hope that you enjoyed this message. You can find more messages and information about Tree of Life Church at treeoflifechurch.org. We'd like to invite you to come visit us at 5513 IH35 South in New Braunfels, Texas, or you can watch us on live stream. Thank you again for listening.